Hello, welcome to the 54th episode of Adam Alonzi's podcast. Tonight we'll be discussing AI ethics with Giselle Waters. Giselle offers a unique perspective on the problem of designing moral AI, one which, despite being in the field for mm, two or three years, I have not given much consideration. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And please consider visiting the podcast Patreon. Hello, Giselle. Hello, Adam. How's the weather? (laughs) Actually, it's just gotten much better. It was quite cold, got down into the upper 30s, and now it's back up to 70 or 72. Beautiful, sunny, and shiny. Oh, it was pretty gloomy here until about 10 minutes ago, so we'll say that you brought the sun out. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. So AI ethics is this huge interdisciplinary field. So I think when someone clicks on this episode, they don't know exactly what to expect. I hope they don't think we're just going to be babbling about the trolley problem. Gosh, I hope not. Um, I would say that if that's your entry into me helping explain to you how I understand it, um, I can certainly begin. Yes. Okay. Well, I would say that there's, you know, nearly universal agreement among most AI professionals that uh, AI falls short of right now um, matching human capabilities in, in some critical senses. And, and even though AI algorithms have beaten humans in many specific domains, um, you know, such as even the hardest, hardest games like Go and chess and so on and so forth, we're now just beginning to approximate uh, some higher order cognitive um, um, capabilities. And that's why this new era of cognitive intelligence is, has been coined. Um, but in terms of ethics, um, the, the field of artificial intelligence has grown up over the past uh, you know, 40, 45 years. And ethics, uh, at that intersection is really, in my opinion, quite an infant in terms of how people are learning about the impact now of all those decades of AI. And the fangs of the world, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, or Apple, however you want to toss them around in Amazon, are the forefront um, uh, syndicate, if you will, um, ushering in an age in which we are now rethinking how we write code, why we write code, um, under what conditions, and how we look at and view and analyze data, what we do with it, how we predict um, human and the social condition from it. And uh, if petabytes of data are being processed and trillions of data points are being processed on us on a daily, daily um, occurrence, uh, folks are just beginning to learn 
uh, about the ethics uh, of those types of decisions uh, that technology can do. And so when I look at ethics, it's really about behavior. I do not stop at seeing that the professionals have been looking to write principles, uh, codes of ethics, or a manifesto, or a company policy. My years in education taught me in that larger public sector that mission statements and principles and codes and behavioral principles that you would use as the contextual laws, if you will, to try to follow, to try to emulate, to try to reach to, are not enough. And we have laws on the books of how humans should act globally. It varies by region, it varies by demographic, it varies by nation state. But in reality, that the human factor in artificial intelligence ethics is such an incredible uh, Gordian knot that the ethics portion of this technological advance and the exponential growth rate of it hasn't even begun to deal with beyond the principles, beyond the mission statements. It hasn't begun to address what is the behavior of those that write code. So that's my angle on it. That's what I'm uh, beginning to research and that's what I'm beginning to write about. And that's what interests me. Uh, that field is, is very uh, nascent. So there seems to be a need for situational ethics. Absolutely. Well said. Whereas the initial approach, say, ethics net, when I was preparing their scenarios, we were looking more for a global, universal data set for machines to work off of. But your contention is that because of the great variety and diversities in laws and norms across the world, we'll also need those nuances, those things to color machine behavior. Not machine behavior, but to better understand the human behavior that leads to both an integrated and disintegrated impact on humanity. I'm looking for how humans change their behavior so that they understand the technological impact on humanity. So on the overall change for the better? Uh, well, I mean, I think we're not doing a good enough job on lots of fronts in terms of analyzing and our own behavior and being self-aware. We're many, many, not a lot, but some or many are very focused on machine bias. But if you are human, you are biased and therefore you will create biased code and therefore you will create biased programs. And there is no getting away from that, but self-awareness does a lot for how to mitigate risk, unintended, perhaps errors, potentially. Uh, many in, in this field as well feel like there's an area for 
worrying much less about the evil within us and our malintent in terms of algorithm writing and what they cause on society, but rather the random error that exists in programming and the incompetence in humans, for example, that exist in algorithm writing. So we tend to want to demonize the technology or demonize the artificial intelligence, but we must first look in the mirror. When we're doing anything, whether we're painting or writing or whatever, we're engaged, we're not really thinking about how or why it's going about. And if we become too metacognitive, then it loses all of its spark. But when we're creating things that could be affecting other people's lives, clearly we have to have some self-reflection. Well, I think it's beyond we have to have some self-reflection. I think it must be required. When you are impacting billions of people, there is absolutely no other way to proceed other than being required to be responsible and accountable for what you write. And uh, from my from my position, there's a supply chain of command that that there is a responsibility supply chain rather of command over those algorithms and um, private industry would probably not like it. Okay, they definitely won't like it. Um, their argument would be it would stifle um, innovation, it would stifle profit margins, it would stifle operations, it would slow things down. But I'm not talking about a large regulatory big brother. I'm not talking about um, anything of the sort. To me, it's about what you do within your organization and who can help you get there. If you are looking at your behavior um, while it's happening and there's no necessarily top layer or additional layer, but it is an automated process to look at how you're writing and why you're writing. And it's a, an inquisitive process during just your normal execution of, of your tasks then we're not going to paint something um, that is not needed. Um, we're not wanting to add a bulky, um, you know, robust process of supervision here. This is simply uh, a part of doing good business for good reasons in order to create good in the world, which many would say is what they aim to do. And by they, I mean those that control billions of data points for billions of people and um, are, and that is, that is their source, our data. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Of course, we know that in many, I would say at this point, most industries, although I'm not intimately acquainted with most industries willingly adopt sets of standards and certain compliances, not necessarily because they're obligated to, but because it makes them look better to customers and investors. Absolutely. I mean, the whole um, organization that I work with for a risk subgroup in this area, IEEE, uh, it's it creates standards by which many companies 
must and have to abide by uh, in compliance for all sorts of computer information systems and IT and technology and so on and so forth. So there are super layers of organizational and professional requirements. Um, and it is a, it's a well-known research base at this time that if you do add sustainability goals, if you add impact goals and look at the why and the how, that in many ways you actually can still make money and do good. Which might be one of the reasons why AI ethics is everyone's business. We have to demand the standards just yes. as we demand cage-free chickens. Correct. Yes. And it's going to organically, the growth of, of ethics and its development into both a robust science and art will grow proportionally to the demand that consumers uh, require on the ethics of private industry. So at this point, we have very perhaps peak interest that people are realizing there is no such thing anymore as privacy. And if there is any such thing as privacy, then it is because it is granted and allowed to us. It is not because we have demanded it or asked for it. It is because it is given to us by piecemeal in specific statements that we very few of us understand and we must accept in order to use, in order to consume, in order to move forward with our lives because algorithms control our lives. Now, do you think that if and when AI becomes more general that some of the problems with biases will be resolved? For instance, if the machine initially analyzes a bunch of data and comes to the conclusion that people named Adam are more likely to pay late on their uh, credit cards, that they might double check it, find it as an anomaly, look for other sources, or somehow correct it like a human being would. No, um, I don't think that we're five years away from that. As you're talking about their cognitive capacity reaching a better level of being able to sift, discern, differentiate, um, feedback on itself, um, evaluate in comparison to perhaps different reference points and asking, asking the system uh, with unsure levels of, you know, X confidence. That is all still at, for, from, from my understanding, I am not an expert, but in, in my opinion, because I know humans more than I know machines, because it's still so wrapped up in the language and it's so important that every line of code represents, as I say, the language of human choice we must still, even when they get faster, better, 
um, more efficient than we are, even in general, we, I think we must always proceed with deliberation and purpose. We can't yeah. let it go. We can't let it go. It, it's gonna, it should always be a partnership at a minimum. Right, and I certainly don't expect to see those kinds of systems in five years either, but I was wondering if you th think AGI would resolve this issue partially or completely. No, I don't. I think it will still continue to augment it if we don't look in the mirror first. Humans are vastly complex and we haven't in millennia been able to uh, fundamentally change our behavior. Um, and that means that how we make decisions, why we take those decisions um, will be reflected in our writing of algorithms. I can certainly agree with that, but there is presumably, and even with fairly simple deep learning programs, we get unexpected results. And that goes back to, you know, the random stuff, the black box issue. I mean, even subject matter experts in this, in the top 10 experts in deep learning today would probably agree with this statement. Sometimes they don't know why the machine does it, but it does, right? They don't know why the program chose what it did. And then there's this lovely, uh, you know, the instance of, of Alexa having listened to the conversation of that family and um, Amazon not knowing why Alexa sent transcripts of conversations to a related contact from within the family or something. And it just randomly sent someone in an email in their contacts transcripts of a personal of a personal nature that they had in the home. Um, for, just for that reason, for that small random error possibility, um, you know, myself and and my husband are just not going to buy Alexa. I don't think I'll. I mean, I'm going to resist that for a very long time. He won't have it. My brother does. He has Alexa, but I don't. <laughs> you? No. I'm just a poor, simple swamp man. I mean, I keep my camera with a little sticky, you know, covered. If I could yeah. move my phone, I would too. I mean, <laughs> I don't have any illusions that we have any privacy anymore. But those kinds of random back to back to the question, those kinds of random errors and the notion that we really don't even understand where we're at right now and that we have such an issue with the black box. Oh, it's, it's a little scary. Sure. And even if you write a fairly simple neural network to go through Jan Lacan's handwritten digit set, it's I mean it's tough enough. <laughs> <laughs> right there. The telephone, the telephone problem, right? 
you say something to one person, that person says it to another person and so on and so forth. Not that that's what code writing is like, but in some ways, in a very rustic way, there, even if there is a, a minutia of a slight derivation, the temperature has changed on one variable, for example, because of some instance, a, a, a butterfly effect, then then there are incrementally a node, a matrices of possible variables that are changed, right? Mm -hmm. And that's me not even understanding fully um, and not being a subject matter expert, but I get, I, I understand chaos and I understand <laughs> how complexity um, can, can take anything and and make it extremely difficult to understand regardless of domain yeah and there's been some recent work some exciting papers published in understanding how chaotic systems evolve sorry everyone there was a slight glitch in the matrix but we will pick up the conversation here country means well of course obeying the laws of the countries at the same time which can there's there's laws laws will come um and i think they're going to be inevitable they may be the slowest portion the regulation will be the slowest portion because as everything is in government it's always slow um but i think at this point we're gonna private industry is gonna self-correct um as soon as consumers demand it um and it's going to be a growing process of demanding correction and leaning in towards ethics and self-reflection around ethical behavior. I mean, I hope to be a part of an ecosystem that requires private industry to, to self-correct. And so I believe probably in 10, 15 years, there's going to be what I would help to create, which are something called maybe ethical behavioral analysis units and will We'll triage what occurred. We'll do some reverse forensics on what happened in the supply chain of algorithm decision writing, um, and then look at why something happened. Um, and we'll analyze it like an instance, you know, like an adverse uh, event. Um, I think that world is 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 inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. Profession of robo psychology. <laughs> well, I hope it's not robo psychology as much as it is, um, you know, an integrated human machine psychology. And that's, I'm going to always push back on that because I don't want to give uh, the, the credit or the responsibility to the machine. I, I'm always trying to bring it back to the human element, right? Yeah, I suppose in my mind, though, I sort of see the machines eventually gain a high degree of autonomy. And granted, that might be in the somewhat distant future. Um, well, autonomy, yes. In, in obviously accomplishing its tasks, it's going to become very competent at whatever that is. Um, that's how they augment our human capacity. But again, I'm going to always look at the creator, right? Who creates that Frankenstein? <laughs> sure. And maybe with 
intelligence, augmentation, technologies, humans will always keep pace with machines and at least act as brothers, if not their overlords. Well, I would probably with a minute close on this, but I don't think they can. Um, I mean, it's probably inevitable that we will fail to do that in the end, but I may be gone by then, so. <laughs> I mean, neural lace is a distinct possibility. Yeah, it is a distinct possibility. And if I'm still around for that, which, I mean, I'm not that old, but I'd love that. I, I would not mind that. Folks are very, very many folks are, are scared of that. But, I mean, we're already augmented when you think about it. I would agree with Elon on that. We're already cyborgs in some way. We constantly depend on machine for our understanding, for life, for work, for play. But I think throughout the piece you've presented a perspective that's unique, at least to me, in that we're putting the responsibility on the person who's creating the program. Yes. Whereas in popular journalism and even around AI folks, typically they talk about the program as being its own entity. Yeah, no, I, I would differ. And um, my approach will definitely be hitting hard on the, on the human element still, and, and specifically on the ethical behavior or the lack thereof of humans and groups and enterprise. On the other hand, I mean, in their defense, even when I put together a simple little Python GUI, it feels like it has a mind of its own sometimes. Oh, oh. oh absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I battle with my vacuum and my, my computer all the time. I talk to them as if they're, you know. <laughs> yes, I mean, our technology is definitely personified. Anthropomorphizing machines has been going on for quite some time. Are there any closing words of wisdom you'd like to leave us with? Well, I would just, I guess, encourage your listeners to ask themselves at what stage do they want to start really looking at how they differentiate themselves from other enterprise or other individuals or other companies in terms of how they approach ethics with automation, ethics with information systems and artificial intelligence. I mean, why are we looking at ethics is one of the first questions that I encourage those um, folks to do and asking themselves, is it because you want to improve your bottom line? Is it because you want to become more, um, well, loved by your customers? Uh, uh, you want to sell more? You want to be more for others? Uh, or is it that you want to make a difference? Or is it a little bit of everything? I mean, answering that why question will help you get to how you get to where you want to go.